Yeah, and that brings me back to climbing West Hill, bushwhacking West Hill uh, before there was a trail. And uh, and I went solo in the winter in knee deep snow, and 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 pulled it off. Pulled (laughs) it off. Post holing with jeans on and probably a sweatshirt, a hooded sweatshirt, and uh, just basic gear. You'd walk around in a village in. And uh, all by myself, on West Hill, nobody knew where the hell I was. And uh, again, at that, at that time, I was invincible. Yep. I was invincible. And I, 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 I survived. And uh, a lot of it is luck. Luck. Because yep. again, post-holing in the deep snow. <laughs> Bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. I think the weather challenges on this incident were particularly difficult. Whereas Pants Mountain is totally opposite, it's a mountain on top of a crater. It was really the development of New York State. Catskill didn't respond to that. Welcome to Inside the Line. The Catskills. All right, so we're recording. So, Ralph, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, did you? I know you're living down in Maryland, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, over three years now. Okay. So, um, I just read this article the other day. My friend sent it to me. He's a fellow SAR team member. In 2021, uh, a hunter shot uh, what he thought was a coyote. Uh, 40 miles west of Albany. So that's probably like very close to uh, like Cobleskill and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, they did the DNA testing and they found out it was actually a wolf. So uh, near Cooperstown, actually, it's right near where I live. Wow, that's pretty scary. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah, I didn't, you know, wolves really never travel here. They never go below the, the tundra of Canada and across them. I'm, I'm guessing parts of Michigan and stuff like that. But, you know, recently it was just DNA was tested by the DEC and it was a male wolf. Wow. Whoa. And we, uh, we have a deep seated fear of them and they get a lot of bad press. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What do you, what do you guys, what's your, what's your predators down there in Maryland as of right now? Are you closer to the coast or are you more inland? Uh, We are very close to the Atlantic ocean. We're 10 feet above sea level. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, when I lived in New York, we lived in New York, we were uh, a thousand feet above sea level. So now we're 10 feet, different world, <laughs> different world, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. as far as predators, every once in a while we see a fox, but uh, I don't consider them predators. And um, I think allegedly there are black bears around and people talk about uh, copperheads. Ooh. But in our, in our experience, we haven't, uh, haven't had any problems with uh, predators. Wow, copperheads. I didn't know they were down, down there. Yeah, I didn't either. And again, uh, we, we've done a lot of walking down here. We've done uh, a lot of exploring. And uh, we're, we're both hikers, Kathy and I. And uh, uh, we go out and usually, uh, usually we don't see anybody else. Uh, th- this is a golfing, uh, powerboating type of, type of an area. So we're kind of out in left field with uh, we're hikers. <laughs> yeah yeah strangers in a strange land yeah definitely do you guys have to travel far to 
like inland to, to hike? I mean, how far is the Appalachian? You said you hike the Appalachian Trail. Is that far <laughs> from you? Yeah, in Stor on Stormville Mountain, our back, uh, our back property line was National Park Service, the Appalachian Trail Corridor. So I was 400 steps from the AT. And now I'm about 250 miles away from my <laughs> beloved AT. It's uh, Front Royal, Virginia. Ah, Front yeah. Royal. That's a beautiful yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went there a couple of years ago uh, and did a lot of the, the AT along the Shenandoahs. It was fantastic. What a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah, I got to revisit, uh, what's well, it, Big Meadows? Yep. And uh, we, we stayed overnight there, and uh, we got to uh, we got to walk on a Sector D AT that I had walked back in the day and uh, experienced my first Trail Angels. I saw the exact picnic bench where they were sitting. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, a blast in the past. That was uh, 25 plus 22, 47 years ago. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> half a century. That's the way I put it. <laughs> I became a, I looked it up. I became a 3,500 club member on April 1st, 1972. So this year in April was my 50th anniversary of becoming number three, one, no, three, one, one is my 18 number, mm. number 122. Wow. Numbers to be proud of. Definitely. Yeah. Everyone, welcome to the show. This is, I think this is episode 49. Uh, with me today is Ralph Ferrucci. Is that how you say it, sir? Yeah, Ferrucci. Yeah. Ferrucci, um, mm -hmm. number 122 of the Catskill 3500 Club. So back in the days, 60s, 70s, 80s, we're going to talk about good times back in the days, the differences. You know, I'm very curious. I have a bunch of friends who are older than me, have hiked longer than me, and I have so many questions of how the hell they hiked back in those days. Oh, uh, fire away. Yeah, fire away. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. So welcome to the show, Ralph. I really uh -huh. appreciate you um, joining me. Um, thank you to the monthly subscribers, Darren White, Vicky Ferrer, John Comiskey, Alec Betancourt, Sarah Bacon, Jim Carraba, Michael Bogner, and David Mead. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Um, this is a little different, Ralph, than you. usually I ask because it's 7 o'clock at night, everybody's winding down, and they have something to drink, like a, like a cocktail or something. So this oh. is 10 a.m. in the morning. I got some water right here and some coffee right here. What else <laughs> you got, buddy? And I've been up for four hours now. Same, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I woke up. We had to wake up early. So good call. Yeah, I've got mm -hmm. some water here. So I don't think I don't think Ralph has any uh, cocktail going on right now. No, if it is, if it is, it's uh, what do they call those things in the morning. Uh, the orange juice. Uh, the drinks in the orange juice. I forgot what they call those uh, mimosas. Vitamin <laughs> <Right laughs> C. Yeah. Um, Ralph, you uh, have you done any uh, previous hikes in the past couple of weeks that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we live close to Assateague National Seashore and, uh, we have discovered, uh, th th there's quite a few trails down there and, uh, we have discovered a trail that takes us out to the bay where there's a couple of, uh, fishermen's, uh, whatever you call them. And, uh, anyway, what I'm getting at where, uh, my wife has a, what I call the mucklucks, the big, uh, the big. Uh, rubber boots mm. and oh, yeah. uh, she got me a pair and we were out just, just for example we were out there one day uh with our mucklucks on and we had to cross maybe uh 20 feet of shallow water uh out in these marshes these vast marshes and we got we ended up in places where 
there were no other human beings around and no other human beings had probably been in a long, long time. And that is what a feeling. Yeah. I'm getting, getting goosebumps thinking of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, we go out to Assateague. It's, uh, it's about a half hour away. And um, we, we've actually discovered a lot of good hiking down here. And uh, what we do is, get me going, we hike from October to March when, pardon my French, the damn bugs are gone and you can actually <laughs> breathe outside. You can breathe outside. And there's a place, uh, there's a 10,000-acre Nature Conservancy property south of here by Snow Hill. And it's along the Nassawango Creek. And there's a, a Nassawango Joe hiking trail that we get a two-hour round trip, bang for the buck. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And that's uh, and there's also, get me going, there's also a long-distance hiking trail in this county, works the county, 23 miles long. And what we did is we did it all in out and backs, one car, out and back, out and back, out and back. So we walked 46 miles. And Cass said, let's do it again. <laughs> we have walked 92 miles down there on the Algonquin Trail. Yeah. Nice. And in, in all that time, I think we saw three other people. Oh, nice. Yeah. And when, when we're out there, lots of beautiful pine forests, and uh, uh, it's pretty much dead flat, which is kind of a good thing. And, um, <laughs> but ain't nobody out there. Ain't nobody out there except Kath and I and, and nature in the woods. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's yeah. what we want yeah. it, right? Yeah, we've uh, again we've we've dug out these places and uh, yeah. So the the Asagi, is that how you say it? How do you say it? Asagi? Asateague. Asateague. So is that the place where you can can spot the the wild horses? Have you ever seen them down there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we've actually, when we were out on that fisherman's trail, there were three or four horses. And what I just read, that horses are a prey animal. Predators prey on them. So they're oh. very, very wary. So what um, in my bike riding out at Assateague and my hiking, uh, what, you do, what you do is don't spook them. And uh, there's big warning signs, don't, the horses bite, kick, don't go near them, don't try to sit on them, don't take pictures. And, uh, but I bike right by them. And uh, again, you just let them know you're there. And actually what I'm getting around to, right on the fisherman's trail, and Kath made a video of two horses actually laying down on their backs and, and scratching their backs in the sand. Nice. And, and we're, it's Kath and I and maybe four acetate ponies right out wow. there. Nobody else. No, no, nobody else existed. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. We were um this previous week. We were supposed to Jessica, my wife and I were supposed to be down in ocean city, actually. Well, Ooh. we were supposed to, we were supposed to be down there right now. And uh, that, you know, my, my, my dog had uh, some, oh. Oh my some God. Yeah. sickness. Yeah. So we, we canceled it. We decided to stay up here and uh, we kind of thought it, we, we, we thought we made a good decision because the, the weather down there, you know, we were hoping for like eighties and stuff and it hasn't been like that. Yeah. Uh, we've had uh, 48 in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you come down here, get out to Assateague. Yeah. Get out there. Get out there. We, we don't go to ocean city at all. I mean, uh, yeah, it's all those turistos. We're, we're natives now. Yeah. Good. 
Good. Yeah, we just we we like yeah we like to go down there for the beach. Uh, well, not uh, Ocean City. We usually go to to Hilton Head Island, and that's that's a little far of a drive. So, okay, where was that? Hilton Head Island. Uh, it's down in South Carolina. Oh, oh, yeah, it's almost touching. Well, it's right, 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 touching uh the Georgia line of Tybee and and Hilton Head. So, wow, nice little wow. secluded place. The the place is uh one of the. It's like a they call it like a green island. There's no lights, no no city lights. There's no like uh, big huge businesses. They're they're all located 15 miles out of there. Everything's mom and pop local. Um, yeah. You have certain light ordinances for the sea turtles to thrive <laughs> out there. So it's the coolest place. Ooh, uh, we, well, we've been to Smith Island and uh, we're heading for Tangier Island in the Chesapeake. And uh, Smith Island has a population of about 250. Nice. And uh, the cars don't need license plates. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And a great place for walking. And uh, if, you, if you ever get out there, uh, stay overnight uh, to really experience, um, oh, my God, what it's like to be in a place like that. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to yeah. check it out. If you do come down here, pop in. Yeah. Definitely. I oh, mean yeah. <laughs> we have each other. We have each other's uh, emails, so now we can stay yeah. in contact. Definitely love to come over. Oh, we have a guest room, and uh, we'd be glad to have you and and, and talk the talk. Because yeah. again, uh, Kath and I are, are again both avid uh, outdoors people, bikers, bikers, canoers. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and how old are you? <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, sorry to ask that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I am uh, on September twelfth. I I turned. 85 i was born in wow. 1937 yeah yeah that is well, awesome between here and here i'm 37 <laughs> well with the with the the stuff you've been sending me in the emails you said in one of his emails listen to those people 85 years old how many miles have you biked uh since you said april right yeah mid-april i biked uh 1500 and 21 miles <laughs> since Jesus. mid-April. Yeah. I don't think I've is... driven that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about the distance from, actually from here to beyond Salina, Kansas. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But again, I, I, fitness is important to me. Well, yeah, it's very important to uh, your life and to, to keep you healthy and to keep you going. And at 85 years old, if you're doing all that stuff, that's insane. That's awesome. That just puts a big smile on my face. Hopefully everybody else is just like, holy and, and crap. Let, I wanna... let me tie this into the Catskills. Um, uh, uh, way back, I, um, my, my first father-in-law, Rene Bior, he was a physical director at New York City YMCA. And he went hiking with us in the Catskills. He was extremely fit. He was a runner before the uh, runners became all over the place. And uh, we hiked in the Catskills and I had my shirt off and he took a photo of me, a picture of me. And I had this big white inner tube around my midsection. And I said, never again will I look like that. And that was a life changer. That was a life changer. I've been fit, crazy fit ever since. Wow. Yeah. I watch what I eat, long-time vegetarian. Yeah. And uh, right now I wear the same size jeans I wore in high school, and I weigh <laughs> like 156 pounds. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, ask wow. Haskell change that. that I'm going to go jump out the window right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, Axel, I went uh, 
like last week, I think last week I went on the part of the escarpment. I did uh, uh, Scott Road to Inspiration Point and uh, beautiful day, beautiful, phenomenal day mm-hmm. out there. Leaves weren't changing last week. Um, but this week I went uh, yesterday, I went to Acra Point over by uh, Burnt Knob and, and Blackhead Mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're starting to change up here. They're starting to, to get brown and, and yellow and see some red here and there. So you want to come up and check it out. Usually this is in a week. It's the time. <laughs> wow. We, uh, yeah. What, what I, what I have to try not to say is down here. We're mm-hmm. South of the Mason Dixon line. Yeah. And uh, so I, I try not to use that expression down here, but it's a different world. It's a different, it a lot of lolly pines and a, a lot of sand and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say down there and down there you're, you're, 10 feet above sea level, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. down there. That's down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those those hikes were were phenomenal. Beautiful day. Uh we met a couple people. We met one guy who was who was, I have to say, pretty strange. His uh boots were a little torn up and he had it looked like at least six to seven layers of duct tape on them in every way possible so it was it was definitely a weird encounter his dog actually we were eating and his dog appeared behind my friend like out of nowhere and so like it startled him but luckily enough he was he didn't react that bad so he's like hey guy and like i would have jumped because i would have thought it was like a coyote trying to eat something yeah um yeah but he was uh just roaming around and we were just like is this guy a stray he's got a collar on but this guy appeared on the other side, looked like a, I wouldn't say a homeless man, but a guy that's been out in the trail for a while, nothing to do with like the AT or anything. So it's a little sketchy, but he yeah. got closer. We looked, we looked at his, his shoes and we're like, wow, those shoes are layered up like Popeye's shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had mm-hmm. a lot of, it was definitely a weird, weird time, but, but sitting at inspiration point and sunset point, looking at that view of Catterskill high peak and Ooh. Clove is absolutely phenomenal. We call it Kathy Skill Hardy. Kathy Skill, does she yeah, like that? Kathy Skill, and that's where she finished her uh, her thirty five hundred. Um, and there's hurricane ledges. Yep. Yeah. I, I have a, I have some great photos of my son and I on hurricane ledges, and Kathy and I. Yeah, and uh, we bought we've done Acro Knob because we got caught up with the sixty sevens for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the guy's name who wrote the book about the six sevens? Alan Villa. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And what happened is we we uh, after a point we realized we were cli- climbing up a, a lot of uh, big piles of dirt through <laughs> a lot of uh, brambles uh, and through a place with no view and sometimes had to walk across private property and uh, where we weren't welcome and, and and so we stopped. Yeah. I kind of lose interest with going through those bramble berries and all the prickers and stuff it's it's horrible <laughs> stuff yeah yeah it wasn't like you 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 you're up there for the view and and ain't none yeah yep i like i like i'm i'm a view kind of guy i'm i'm yeah. i need something to go up there that's why i like uh, a lot i mean i love the bushwhacks i love big indian i love fur you know i love those but you know you know it's, there's got to be something up there and the canister is up there. So that's, that's another reason why to do it. Cause you get to sign in the canister. It's a really cool experience, but going up there and through prickers and stuff. And just to get to it, like you said, a little pile of dirt, pile of dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With maybe yeah. a Karen on top, marking the, the summit. No, I'm good. 
Oh, get me going about Cairns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a guy who uh, wrote an article once uh, bashing Cairns. And I, I wrote an article in the Peaks magazine bashing the guy. Because in my opinion, you if somebody builds a cairn, you don't touch it. Mm -hmm. It's an unwritten rule, like touching somebody else's gear in a lean-to. It's unwritten. You do not touch it. Mm -hmm. and, and this guy, uh, th think about walking across the presidential range without cairns. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot more dead people up there. If, if this jack, pardon my French, jackass was up there tearing down the cairns. True. Okay, I'll shut up. I, well, no, no, no. That's that's a great. I mean, I to be honest, I'm, I'm one of the ones that kind of I knock down the cairns that aren't used as navigational purposes. Mm -hmm. Like anything up in the Adirondacks, in the Whites, in Vermont, above treeline, or on like 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 the tall ones on bushwhacks. No, no way. That's that's everybody should have the general knowledge that when you're above treeline, those cairns serve a huge purpose, massive yeah. huge purpose. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, correct. I, I agree with you on that <laughs> one, definitely. So um, once again, we're going to go on to news. Um, I already told about the wolf near me. That was pretty crazy. I think I'm pretty sure there's still volunteer opportunities. Uh, have we have we gotten past Labor Day yet? Is it? I have no clue when Labor Day is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My so, was a week after Labor Day. So. Okay, so I think volunteering is, I mean, you can still volunteer for the Catskills Trail Crew, New York, New Jersey Trail Conference, um, any volunteer opportunity, Catskill Mountain Keeper, Catskills Visitor Center, I have all the links uh, at the show notes, so check that out, we need them anywhere and everywhere possible, just volunteer two times a year, that'll be helpful for everybody in the, in the Catskills and in the hiking trails, Ooh, so um Usually, usually, Ralph, I do I do a little Catskill history, but we're gonna tonight we're going over some Catskill history, and uh, usually I do something you know on maybe uh, old settlers back in the days. I've done stuff on fishing back in the days, uh, the Catterskill hotels and stuff like that, the the Borscht Belt. So I didn't have anything uh, written up, so we're gonna talk about Catskill history. So um. Welcome the guest of the night, Ralph Ferrusi, 3,500 finisher number 122. Let's go. And 34 W. And 34 W. 34 winter. That's incredible. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll go over later. Also, um, you finished the AT number 311 on the AT. 311. Insane. And uh, your number like 2000 in the uh, Adirondacks, right? 2023. 2023 what's it well, you know what we'll we'll get into that a little bit later um i just find it insane that your number the one what was it again uh 122 on the 3500 club but 2000 mm -hmm. in the adirondacks that shows you how much people focus on the adirondacks more than the catskills uh, yeah yeah but yeah. um ralph so how about uh, a little background about yourself you know um where you lived uh what what got you into hiking stuff like that what you do now and and you know just a little background good question um okay i i worked for ibm for about 400 years and i worked in a cubicle about 10 by 10 uh in a, in a building the size of rhode island and near the nearest window was about a half a mile away and i loved the outdoors and here i was in this cubicle and uh there was an ibmer ray orton uh, I was an electronics technician. He was a fellow technician. And one day he said, Ralph, how'd you like to go for a hike? And uh, I said, a hike? He said, yeah, walk in the woods. 
Why does that sound so very familiar? And uh, we walked up Breakneck Ridge in Hudson oh, Valley. Nice. And we went all the way back and back and back to the highest point. And uh, that was a life changer. Again, this one man, Ray Orton. And, uh, and then uh, my IBM manager was uh, Howie Roth. And he was an outdoors guy. And uh, he, uh, he said, how'd you like to go for a walk in the Catskills? Okay. And uh, so we went from Woodland Valley over, uh, let's see, Wittenberg, Cornell, and Slide, and back. Wow. And, back. and uh, so here I was. I went from the 1,000-footers in the Hudson Valley to 3,500 to a 4,000-footer. And uh, uh, turn, and then he said, "Oh, there's there's a club called the 3500 Club, and if you climb all the peaks, you become a member of the 3500 Club." And uh, honestly, uh, before that, uh, I was like a, um, a, a, a a ball in a not a pool table. What do you call it? Uh, yeah, pinball machine. Pinball machine. But that's how I lived. I just got swatted around, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and that's how I lived. After I became, well, the 3500 Club was the first goal I ever had. And I, I honestly busted my ass to achieve it. And that has changed. That was a life changer, achieving that goal. And, and my son has done it. My wife has had, they're both 3500 and winner. Uh, 3,500. And, okay, I, I've bicycled since mid-April. I bicycled 1,500 and some miles. A goal. A goal. So right now, I'm still going after those goals. And I think it's a good thing. I th Hell yeah. Yeah, rather than, yeah, bumbling through life. Exactly. Thanks to the Catskills. Yeah, where did you first uh like where, where did you live back uh when of course when you were born and stuff were you a new uh, New Yorker Rhode Islander or <laughs> good question and just like the people out on Smith Island uh, uh, just uh, just about every one of the two hundred fifty people out there was born and raised on Smith Island and I was born and raised in New York excellent I call it, I call it New York and. Um, Westchester County, right on uh, in Buchanan, right next to the Hudson River. So nice. the Hudson River has always been, and the Hudson Highlands have always been part of my life. Nice. High tide, low tide, da da da. da. And um, what what age did you first start the thirty five hundred again? Uh, probably in my thirties. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a half a century ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's what's so. That's what's so cool about it. I just love it. So, um, five years into the thirty five hundred club, you were number one twenty two. Yeah. Um, how long yeah. did it take you? I know it doesn't really matter. When did you start? Was that, it like a snip, jump, and a skip away that you did it? Or that's a good question. I, I think I kind of gobbled them up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, once I got on a roll, and and again the 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 most probably. The most astonishing thing is I got the, I, I actually walked, hiked and climbed with numbers one and two, Bill and Eleanor Levin. I oh, actually wow. physically walked with these legends. Yeah, yeah, the legends of the Catskills, the top yeah, legends. Yeah. Wow. 
it's 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 almost mind-boggling and i took it for granted yeah and and yeah. ray uh reverend ray donahue ray I mean, donahue somehow we somehow we got hooked up that was before cell phones and uh the whole nine yards and i don't know how i got hooked up with uh and and walked with these guys and wow. eleanor and eleanor yeah now now at the time it was it was just a random random hike that you guys went on and you you were sitting there right next to those two uh i i i do not recall but i do recall learning the ropes um because i had a lot to learn i i I, my my hiking gear was a hooded sweatshirt jeans and and uh probably some kind of boots i've always had boots but uh again no gore-tex no this no that no the other thing no lightweight Mm. gear uh yeah yeah and and so i i uh I recall reading in my book, which is right here. What book is that? Okay. Skill Tales and Trails. All right, that'll go in the notes. 2006, I think I, I wrote it. I recall that I, um, I, I went on club hikes to learn the ropes, to learn the ropes. Yeah, and, and I, I do not remember how I got hooked up with uh, – Eleanor, Bill, and Ray Donahue, but um, yeah, I I learned the hard what, way. What peaks? What peaks did you climb with them, or what peak? Uh, uh, Do you remember? Uh, oh, baby. Okay, okay. A uh, couple stories. Um, I recall uh, going down Maple Crest Road, right, and up on the call between uh, uh, Black Head and Black Dome with Eleanor, Bill, probably Ray. And um, we walked up to the call, and listen to this. Eleanor didn't have to bag the peaks. Uh, <laughs> been there, done that. So she waited in the call and made hot chocolate. <laughs> as cool. as uh, Bill Levitt and uh, Ray and I bagged um, Black Head and probably Black Bone and probably Thomas Cole. In the mm. meantime, she's sitting down there in the winter making hot chocolate for us. Wow. Number two was making hot chocolate for me. <laughs> I mean, that's and, he, and here, here's the best story I have about um, about Bill and uh, Ray Donahue. Uh, Bill was intense. He was oh baby, you could almost feel him vibrating, and he wasn't a big guy. And uh, God, he he, I've never hiked with anybody like him. He he just Again, wiry, intense, focused. Mm. And uh, so one day, uh, me, <laughs> Bill Levitt, and Ray Donahue are going to do a winter climb of Friday and Balsam Cap mm. on snowshoes. Now, I didn't have any snowshoes at the time. And they gave me a pair of bear paws that weighed about 50 pounds uh, each. They're bear paws. And uh, I, I didn't have any hiking sticks, no poles or anything. And, and we're going up, and here, here's with uh, Levitt and Ray Donahue. And, uh, uh, oh, my God, they're machines. And I kept stepping on the back of the bear paw because they aren't teardrop-shaped my, like my beloved uh, red feathers. I love mm. my aluminum red feathers. So going up, I kept falling on my face in the snow. 
I'm pretty sure we hit both canisters. Of course, these guys probably put the canisters up there. But going down, falling on your face, going downhill is much worse. You fall further. Yeah. And at the end, end of the day, I was practically in tears. And uh, But that that's the strongest memory I have of hiking with uh, uh, Bill Levitt, Ray Donahue. And again, those- miraculous. Uh, miraculous for me. Um, I don't know, a Dudley from somewhere in New York walking with these guys. Taking yeah. it for granted. Oh, oh, it's Bill Levitt. Yeah, I know him. And then you're just like, holy crap, that guy is... Is a, is a living legend of the Catskills, definitely. Number, number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Friday in Balsam Cap in the winter is absolutely no joke. It's almost 3,000 feet of gain. It's, it's, I hate <laughs> to say it's a bitch. I have another quick story about the good old Friday in Balsam Cap. Um, let's see. It was Dick, Dick Plank, Freddie Sheehan, and I uh, wake up in the Hudson Valley, and it's 30 below zero, 30 below. And we yeah. decide... To climb Friday in Balsam Cap with sweatshirts and jeans and da 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 da. <laughs> and uh, I re- I remember on the summit, I-, I looked at those two guys and their noses were white. They were white. They were getting frostbitten. Oh. And uh, when you touched the canister, you took the glove off. You you couldn't get your glove back on because yeah. the collar froze. And, and and we did that, and we survived. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, let's go climb Friday and Boston Flap Cap when it's thirty below zero. Duh. And that's a, that's only in the Hudson Valley too. And up at the top of the mountains, it's probably fifty below zero. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Again, as they say in France, "Je ne comprends pas." I do not understand. Pourquoi? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> hey, I I say that all the time though when I hike in those kind of conditions. Why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. But then the view is absolutely stunning with all the white and the it's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, ain't no bugs, better views. Yeah. 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 I'm a um, fan. So now with with talking about all this winter hiking and stuff like that back in the 60s, 70s, and, and 80s, and even 90s, um the the difference in gear and uh apparel is is astonishing is very astonishing you know i see pictures of my friends who have hiked back in you know the adirondacks and stuff they have jeans on like army boots uh wool jackets and they had their set of hair they didn't have any form they didn't have any uh winter hats so the difference is is absolutely insane um how the hell did you guys do it and what what you said you hiked with jeans and what did you yeah. use? Did you use anything under? Do you have like, like, uh, what probably did you have not. under those jeans? Probably not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> some kind of long johns, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and that brings me back to climbing West Hill, bushwhacking West Hill, uh, before there was a trail. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I went solo in the winter in knee deep snow and, and, wow. and, and pulled it off, and pulled it <laughs> off, post holing with jeans on and probably a sweatshirt, a hooded sweatshirt, and uh, just basic gear you'd walk around in a village in. And uh, all by myself, on West Hill, nobody knew where the hell I was. And uh, again, at that that time, I was invincible. Yep. I was invincible. And I I survived. And uh, a lot of it is luck. Luck. There's again, post-holing in knee-deep snow. (laughs) In jeans. No trail. 
Nobody knew where the hell I was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, here's how I put uh, here's how I put hiking gear, uh, modern hiking gear in perspective. Back then, there weren't even Ziploc bags. Think about Correct. a world without Ziploc bags. Yeah. Everything yeah. was like cardboard or not cardboard bags, but paper, right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. and and again the the gear, uh, yeah, yeah. So if everything would would like like freeze on, on the way up. So how did you have water? How did you have food? Like what what the hell did you guys do for that when you did this stuff? Okay, good question. Uh, my massage therapist in New York. I I went to see her on the solstices and equinoxes four times a year, and she said, Ralph, you would make a good Martian. Because I used to do century bike rides without a water bottle. And so my physiology is set up for that. I don't need, oh. I don't have to drink gallons of water. I, yeah. Survival. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you ever in the military? Like, is it? Honorably discharged radio sergeant, 156 field artillery. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some of you guys back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, were, were, were born to do this type of stuff. Like you said, like you didn't need water. You didn't need food. You went up to the top. You got back down. Sometimes these people would be from the military and they'd be like, yeah, in Vietnam, we didn't do shit. We went there. We did the mission. We came back. Then we ate. And this was after three days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, like I see these, like I said, I see these, my friend's pictures. They're like, oh, this was back in 1976. You know, the Friday slide, my friend, I don't know if you know him, Ralph Reindeck. Uh, yes, yes. Oh my God, we were on um, a Picamus <laughs> with him, Ralph. There were three Ralphs: him, my, my my son, him, and I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a thousand years ago. Yeah, he's, he's. They call him the Man of the Moonhaw because <laughs> he he lived down there and he explored it every yeah. day since he was a little kid. So, uh, oh my God, he's still alive, right? He's still and he's still climbing like excessively. Like this guy <laughs> will be like, Yeah, I I did a little hike today across Table Peak Moose Lone, Rocky, Slide, Wittenberg, and Cornell. <laughs> it was pretty good. I was like, What the hell? I'm like, even thinking of doing like Friday and 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 balsam caps sometimes, my knee hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> okay. I, I I have one I have a story about that. Um go right ahead, please. But uh but just quick, uh here's my suggestion to, to Ralph. Okay, I'm really, I'm really uh, impressed by what you're doing. Get a Harley. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have one of those yet. Get a Harley. Anyway, here I am, young, thirty-something, uh, stupid. So I decide to do Peekamoose, Table, Lone, Rocky, Friday, and Balsam Cap solo, and uh, probably in the winter. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I end up on Friday in Balsam Cap, and I realize, like, it's getting dark. <laughs> and here I am with nothing to eat, nothing to drink, wearing, uh, with a sweatshirt on, with a sweatshirt, wearing jeans. And Roy Maceros and Carl Zwingli showed up. It was a miracle. Coincidence? Uh, no, it wasn't a coincidence. They showed up, and they said, uh, Ralph, come back with us, and we'll drive you back to your car. Ray Maceros and Charles, Carl Zwingli. I think he died recently. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Where'd you find that? Where, where were you at when you, you met up with them? Uh, 
probably probably on balsam cap. Oh, wow. But I think before we went out, I had a bag Friday. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but if I hadn't run into those guys, I was SOL. I mean, there I was. The car was, uh, how many peaks were between me and the car? You yeah. park, I'm guessing you parked uh, down at the Pecomos Valley area. Yeah. yeah. So you, you wouldn't have done a, a through hike. You would have went to Friday and then all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it is. But back in those days, and okay, God, here's another story. Um, okay. Uh, this, this was early on. I haven't thought about this in a while, but I decided to do, uh, again, young and stupid. I decided to do Indian Head Twin uh, Sugarloaf. Sugarloaf, yep. And Plateau and down to the road. And in a straight shop. And it was winter, and naturally. And uh, I had no no cold weather gear. And here's what I thought. I said, once I get on top of Indian Head, it's going to be a, a ridge over, <laughs> over, and over, all the way over Plateau and down to the car. Um, okay, once I dropped off of Indian Head into the call, and I saw a twin up there. And I, I kind of knew I was in trouble. Anyway, long story short, I ended up in Mink Hollow, heading up Plateau, and it's, and it's essentially getting dark. And my wife at the time was supposed to meet me over on whatever the name of the road is, 213. Uh, yeah, 214, sorry. 214. And uh, I, was, I was screwed. I was SOL. <laughs> getting dark. I had no overnight gear. And there were two Boy Scouts camped. Again, Providence. Wait, I, I thinking about. I never thought this before. I had a guardian angel in the Catskills because yeah. I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Two Boy Scouts had they had a campfire, a tent, and food, and I slept in sleeping bag back to back with one of the Boy Scouts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, got up and scooped up and across plateau. And down, I've never gone up plateau from that end. And uh, the uh, my wife was frantic, and the, the cops were just short of calling in helicopters looking for me. And I popped out of the woods. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, it, it's it's those it's it's those that you, you remember. Though, uh, you don't remember being up on Wyndham High Peak and seeing the Great View and and Balsam Lake and a fire tower on a beautiful day. But sticks in your head is things like that. Yeah, the yeah. struggles, the uh, the the different things that you never thought would, would would happen, or something like that. Yeah, those stick in your head. Okay, I have another. I have another plateau story. Plateau has tried to kill me three <laughs> times. Three times again. Winter solo. Um, I'm bagging plateau from Mink Hollow, Pukwawai, and uh, on the way down, I yes, uh, I uh, there's some ice. And I fly off a ledge and I go down, I don't know how far off a ledge and tumble. And uh, there I am. And uh, a long story short, my then wife's sister was married to Rick Danko of the band, the bass player of the band. Oh. And Rick Danko rescued me. <laughs> what was it? Did you have any injuries from that? Uh, no, no. Nope. Somehow, again, again, guardian angel. I should. I could have been busted up pretty badly. I yeah. went down. 
And, and these are the times where no SOS, no cell phones, no internet, stuff like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I think, God, I, I think I got down to a road, a house, and called. Um, yeah. Called Elizabeth, and Rick Hanko came up in his vehicle and rescued me. Wow. I have another wood, I have another Woodstock story. I just have to blurt this one out. Go ahead. Uh, after we, after I was divorced, my first wife, uh, she was Parisian, and uh, she's still a French citizen. And um, okay, so she moved to Woodstock with two kids. They just disappeared one day because they were tired of putting up with my stupidity and hiking and all that. And one day there's a knock on her door, and Mick Jagger is outside the door, and he says, "Is Danielle there?" The Rolling Stones were in Woodstock. <laughs> and my daughter was 16 and a knockout still is and uh mick jagger knocked on the door i i i have never ever asked her anything about anything that happened <laughs> right her and mick jagger <laughs> <laughs> that's insane but that's name dropping yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I have stories, believe me. <laughs> oh, that's 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 what uh, that's what you're here for. That's why I, I yeah. wanted you on the show. Um, yeah, yeah. So what, what's crazy is when I I started out in and hiking. You know, this was only like uh, like seven years ago. As I wow. was fully pre fully prepared. Yeah, I mm -hmm. was I was fully prepared for everything. I seriously had like a backup battery for my phone. I had extra water, extra food, <laughs> shelter, stuff like that. What what what's crazy is what. You know, you're saying as is back in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, you were just like, Yeah, let's just go for a hike. <laughs> and you Yeah, thirty maybe, below zero. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Like, I don't you know, I, I still see some of these people to this day, uh, using the the old uh like the army navy boots to because they're heavy duty and they could they could pack a punch and they got grip and everything like that. But you know, I've hiked, I started hiking in khakis and they froze up my first winter hikes and stuff. And I was just like, it didn't bother me though. And, you know, I, I of course I did like you, I did like t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, heavy coats and like crappy gloves, cotton gloves and stuff like that. Uh, and you know yeah. what? Yeah. Every, the, the whole thing these days with the, with the hikers is that cotton kills. Yeah. Cotton kills. Yeah. And it, and it's hilarious. Yeah. I do, you know, I do understand you're trying to get that word out to go to the, you know, the polyester and stuff like that, but it did not kill you guys back in the sixties and seventies yeah. and on. <laughs> and, and, and just talking now, it may, it, I, I haven't realized this until right now that I had a guardian angel. I mean, yeah, because what I, the things I did and I, and I've related several instances where I, I was in really serious trouble in the wintertime. Yeah. And uh, I, I, there's probably a few other stories I could tell you, but uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, just quick. I went back. Go right ahead. And when I was learning the ropes, I, I, I said, I don't need no stinking compass. I don't need no stinking compass. So I take a bunch of people in the winter up, uh, I think it was Cheryl. And uh, and so I, I'm the I'm the leader. I'm the leader. These are these are a bunch of Dudleys, and my life depends on them. There's a dozen people, and we're we're getting pretty high up. And somebody says, "Look at those tracks in the snow." There's another big group up here. We were circling the summit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and after that, compass. Nice. Compass. 
Yeah, because because I thought again, just I don't need notes. Thinking compass. Yeah. Yeah, oh, follow baby. the ridge up, and then you'll come right to the the canisters. There's a hopeful <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But then again. once you get on that flat area, you're you're like, oh, let me circle around here, and like you said, you're, you're following <laughs> your own tracks. Yep, yep, yep. yep See, and this yep. this is what is what's crazy. Like like I said, I always I see pictures. You know, I hear of these stories, and I'm just like, and and the crazy thing is, is more people have died in this day and age. Uh, hiking than they did back in the 60s and 70s with with the resources very very limited <laughs> but yeah i would also yeah. say that you guys were a lot stronger and uh, a lot smarter to where you'll get yourself in a sticky situation and you would figure out a way to get out of that situation by yourself or from a from a friend or something like that you yeah, know there was invincibility uh mentality yeah invincible it's crazy is it really is uh, to think about that um so like when you when you did the 3500 number 122 is, is 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 awesome and stuff in the winter 34 um what was your most do you have a memorable moment that you can like just the most favorite moment in the cat skills of, of doing the 3500 <laughs> uh, and and kathy and i um what she did is she um sat down at the breakfast table and <laughs> these notes yeah wow yeah and uh again this this is the, this is some this made me think about it and think about it and think about it and uh w one of the things she asked me just this morning is back then I, I, maybe she put it as a statement but because she knows her mouth she said uh, there weren't a heck of a lot of people out there then further no yeah yeah, the, right now I think there's at any given day there's a thousand people on the summit slide. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and there was there was hardly anybody out there. There was hardly anybody out. There. No herd paths. Uh, yeah, no herd paths. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, trails no. weren't even marked and stuff like that. Like some of your your trails, like Eagle and stuff like that. I don't think at that time, in the six late sixties and seventies, stuff like that was like well marked. They were poorly marked. <laughs> Okay, Eagle story. Um, when I when I uh, when I did the peaks uh, the second and third time with uh, Kathy and my son Ralph, and, and what I did is I filled out the uh, uh, the sheet, and it says favorite peak, least favorite peak, and all that. And I sent it in this to Cy Whitney, and I put Eagle as my favorite peak because I was oh, yes. the only person ever <laughs> to do that. And then it said least favorite peak. I said I love them all. Yeah, yeah. The eagle eagle is my my favorite. Walking that in uh, <laughs> in the in the summertime is mm -hmm. absolutely stunning. I I think it's it's secluded. The ferns yeah. and the trails are absolutely <laughs> astonishing. It just it blows my mind. It's it's a little bit easier, of course, but it's longer. And the trees, you know, the trees are old, old <laughs> the city like trees that are just phenomenal. So I love. Well, welcome to the club. It's number one and two of the I Love the Eagle Club. <laughs> okay, Vic, a, a quick question. Is there a, a cairn marking the, the true actual summit of Eagle, which is inches higher than every place else on that ridge? I know there is a cairn right next to the uh, the canister. They have a canister on there now. They do? Yep. No kidding. They have a canister on there and Catterskill High Peak. <laughs> This no was, kidding. This was within the last, I think, three, four years. 
there's a canister on Eagle. Yep. I'm going to have to tell my son that because uh, we, we any time, uh, my son and I and Kath uh, to some degree, we always had to find the highest point. Yeah, of course. And, and we, we walk all over Eagle, all over Eagle, trying to find that point that's just a little bit higher and probably on the Catasco High Peak, too, and a few others. Yeah. And, and here's something about Hunter. I mean, you just assume there's that fire tower. Mm. You walk over, you're drawn to it. Here's the base of the fire tower. That's the highest point. Well, pardon my French, but I will say, no, I will say bullshit. But no, there's fine. a place behind the fire tower. And in, in the, la the last Catskill Peak I've ever been on was uh, Hunter. We went up the Colonel's chair and uh, we got up and we walked over to Hunter. So I, I, I bagged a 4,000 footer, but while I was up there, I walked right along the edge of the woods and, and looked to see if I could find a higher point in those woods behind the fire tower. Yep. And yeah, I did. Is that, oh. is that like, I thought the, the top part was the, the, the glacial erratic that's on the top is the there's highest rock, point. There's a rock up there, right? Yep. And I have a picture. I have a photograph of my foot <laughs> on that rock right by the highest point nice yeah, yeah i know yeah. the rock yeah what yeah. is uh what did you finish on what was your finisher for the 3500 club do you remember uh that's a good question let me, let me see if i have it uh, yeah written in the in the huge notes <laughs> april 1st 1972 and actually for the canister i i do i uh, eleanor levitt asked me to draw the rips profile that you see from the, the Hudson Valley. Mm. And uh, that was on the canister masthead in 1976. I, I drew that uh, drawing on the, on the canister. Um, uh, no, I do not remember my final peak. I think what it might be. What's a, what's, what's a, uh, a remote peak? Be, uh, because in the 46, I finished on appropriately named, I think it's Lone. Yeah. Mm. And it's a long bushwhack in a valley, and then, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Lone and Rocky are the most remote, and then you got like Big Indian and Fur, and all yeah. those. I mean, there's a. I finished. I finished on on Rocky. I finished in the middle of of, mm -hmm. of Rocky, but other ones, you know, you said you've already done Friday and Balsam Cap. Uh, yeah, Bear Pen and Vly were they were they thirty five hundreds at the time? I'm. Uh, Bear pen and Vly, yeah, yeah, and that's another one that's always spooked me because uh, when you come up on Bear Pen, you go up that uh, that forty five degree angle road, you just slog away, and mm. then finally you walk and you come out in the ski area and, and uh, you just walk out there and say, "This is it. This is this is this is the summit." But, but over there, there's a couple of other bumps, and I've mm. always wondered if uh, any of those were higher. But I've never had the huts but to walk over and. I confirm that. Yeah. So you you were uh, you were around in that era of when the ski center was just being closed down, right? Yeah. They still had the runs and everything there uh, yeah. cut down. Wow, that must have been cool. Oh my God! Yeah, there there were ski runs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a yeah. chat with a guy who uh, knew a lot about the uh, the the Bear Pen Hole Princeton Ski Bowl story, and it just it just fascinates me how that was on the, the verge of becoming one of the best ski centers in the, in the East coast. So out of here, what happened? I'm, I'm a former downhill skier. Yeah. 
But yeah, he uh so um I'm trying to I actually tried to get a hold of the owner. Um Ben oh Ben Lance, I believe. Uh he was making it and all like it was he was a big longtime skier at around that ski club or the East Coast Ski Club. Mm-hmm. And he had the view of, of bear pen being incredible because for some reason the the snow and the the weather would just be attracted to bear pen there must have been some way with the mountains northern exposure too and and the northern catskills yeah yep yeah. yeah so he saw it he bought a lot of the spots build the runs and stuff like that but there was another guy located in prattsville um he was uh the owner of right on the edge of bear pen and mm-hmm. he knew also the surveyor of prattsville so those two got together and he resurveyed the maps and then he told um ben that he was building on ben lane that's his name ben lane that he was building on his property and he has to ah. shut down all the operations oh so that went into like a six-year legal battle and oh my uh, God. of course you know everybody in a small town is laced together yeah so you know the judge and stuff like that and the surveyor and so he never got to to build his his dream place and uh-huh. it was it was phenomenal like the the way it was supposed to come out was supposed to be better than Killington better than uh anything of Vermont Gore or stuff like that so it was it was a tragic story oh my god the good old boy stuck it to him yeah yeah right yeah and he oh. and everybody like the crazy thing is is a lot of a lot of bear pen was uh associated to uh, to the ski centers today like uh what are the guys that own the hunters the sluts slutzigs or something like that they're start with s's they used yeah, to yeah they were part of bear pens like ski run uh creators wow so they went and oh. bought hunter hunter and they did their stuff at hunter so it was it's all connected it's all cool story it's it's i have to send you a link of uh the guy who did it. his name is ralph the chapelle he's really good <laughs> we had we had a saying in our family uh, my dad was ralph i'm ralph my son is ralph the third third and it's always good weather when ralphs are together and we we had a whole bunch of three ralphs pictures yeah yeah wow so um we you talked about the appalachian trail before you're number 311 on the appalachian trail 311 you kidding me one out of about fourteen thousand. yeah right right now (laughs) wow (laughs) how did did you do that all in, in one take or was that that sections uh good question i um I, I, I did it between 1971 and 1975, and I finished on uh, July 19th, 1975, which was Edgar Degas' birthday, about his 137th birthday or something like that, on Katahdin. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I didn't find out I was number 311. Again, the Catskills got this number thing going mm-hmm. with me. I mean that's da, 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 da. yeah. I, I actually know what number one fourteen or I am, but I, it's written down somewhere. But um, yeah. How was your experience on the AT? Uh, you know, during those early days. Yeah, and what I did, I had um, uh, I had highway maps, and the AT is on a lot of highway maps. And uh, what I did is I, I'd go out and bust my ass for a whole weekend, and then I I put an inch of uh, magic marker on the highway map. And I kept linking these together until they were all hooked up. And uh, yeah, and then uh, went up Tadden. Yeah. 
When did you finish the AT? July 19th, 1975. It's 25 plus 22, 47 years ago. Wow. So I have, uh, I pulled this up on my cell phone. Once again, technology is amazing. <laughs> in that, in that year, in the 1970s, 793 people completed that. And now in 2000, well, in the 2010s, they, they, I don't, I guess they haven't come up to the 2020s yet. 9,946. <laughs> uh, uh, something like 13,000 or 15,000. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 and again, that's, that's, a, it's a number to be proud of. And, uh, and, and again, the changes and, oh, oh here's, uh, here's, here's another stat. I, I carried a five pound Nikon uh, Nikromat FTN camera with, a zoom, uh, camera with a zoom lens on the AT and weight is important. And, I'm oh, carrying, yeah. and so I took slides and uh, after I finished the trail, I ended up showing my slides. It was called Summertime Dream to uh, over 10,000 people. That's probably why I'm such a gabber now, but I, I, I stood in front of 10,000 people who had the dream of walking the trail and I let them know what it's like to experience that dream. And the most frequently asked question was, back then, would you ever do it again? And my standard answer, only at gunpoint. <laughs> Basically, it's a ball buster. I mean, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, yeah. I've heard yeah. The, tra the trails. I mean, I've been on, 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 I wouldn't say most of the AT, but I've been on different sections of the AT, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Virginia stuff. The, uh, the, one of the most important points is, you know, people have done the, the CDT, the uh, Continental Divide, the Pacific Crush yeah. Trail. Those yeah. things are like highways. They're just rock. When you come over to the the AT, rock, roots, mud, roots, mud, big rocks, crap, you know, straight up approaches, you know, a lot of people don't realize that that the AT is absolute crap. You know, the the roots aren't fun, you know. You have to with all the West Coast stuff, you can just fly on the trails. You can fly 20 miles a day. Some wow. parts some parts uh, of the AT, you know, you have to focus on where you're going to step next or that root's going to break your leg. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! And and uh, okay, I I I've been putting together a book on the AT, but there's about forty thousand books out there. That's of uh, the hero trip. I walk the AT, yep. and it's the same old crap. I mean, you walk twenty miles to say the next one, and uh, so the the name of my book is the mud, the bugs, and the lying guidance. Yeah. That's the mugs, the, the bugs, and what? The mud, the bugs, and the lying guidebooks. ATC <laughs> isn't going to really, um, really like that. But that that was that's that's the truth. Mud, bugs, and lying guidebooks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because again, uh, again, the people. We, we uh, okay. Um, oh my God, I could probably talk until it gets dark. We, um, uh, Kathy, we we sort of try to have some goals. And uh, she said, let's walk the whole AT in Maryland. I said, okay. So I got the guidebooks. I got the maps. And um, so we went, uh, we went to uh, Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, at a nice motel. And uh, I figured I could walk because the motel is right where the bridge uh, that the AT crosses into West Virginia is. And uh, I recall you could just drop down and follow the trail to where it goes along the CNO Canal and blah, blah, blah. 
And um, we ended up bushwhacking down a slope about like that and almost killing ourselves. And there weren't, there weren't any blazes. It turned out that the good old ATC had rerouted the trail uh, just over here from our hotel and took it over through town and down. And I didn't find a blaze until we could see the, the Shenandoah and the Potomac. So by that time, I was kind of, it was a hot day and kind of beat. And uh, anyway, long story short, we spent three days on the AT and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I, as a writer, I wrote about it and I wrote The End of the AT Dream. I've been living this number 311 and uh, our trail name, Elvis Trailsley. I'm not Elvis a, Trailsley. Elvis Trailsley. I'm not at my sister was an Elvis Presley fan. I wasn't, but it's alliterative and it's a name that six to people's minds uh, Elvis mm. and uh actually there's a shelter on the trail named after me ralph's peak hiker's cabin yeah so i wow I've been, I've been living this dream and in those three days in maryland beat the living crap out of me because my memory of when i walked it walked on that trail as a 30 year old was the soda machines all the state parks had soda machines, so you didn't have to carry a lot of fluid. You just had quarters and, <laughs> and you had something to drink. And instead, the rocks were atrocious. Mm. I have photographs. I could not, half a mile of nothing but rocks. You have to put your foot down each time, place it, and tripping and stumbling and all that. And uh, anyway, that's, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of packs did you like? What was what was the size of your pack when you did the Appalachian Trail? <laughs> like that. That's, this is like like I said, the 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 internet helps you so much. There's you did. So I'm guessing the Appalachian Trail in, in that time was done by people who were dedicated to the mountains and dedicated to hiking. Nowadays, yeah. it's just kind of like a fad. Like yeah, I'll just do it because I I want to be cool or I like it or I'm. Oh yeah, I'd have a selfie of yourself. Yeah. 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 I'm, I I could add and yeah, but. Uh, God, I, I had a big uh, frame, uh, Kelty frame pack, and uh, no, I couldn't. They were so heavy <laughs> that you couldn't just pick them up and put them on. You had to prop the pack up on the ground, sit down, get in it, and then <laughs> and then stagger up. Yeah. And uh, the, the figure that comes to my mind is um, it couldn't be seventy five pounds. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Be because the, the the lightweight gear didn't exist, and if mm -hmm. it did, it it costs a fortune. I I carried a twenty below zero uh, sleeping bag, twenty below zero on the AT in the summer. It's the only sleeping bag I had. Yeah. I carried a five pound camera, and um, yeah, the tents. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But as the years went by, I I uh, I, I went lighter. But but here here's here's Okay, as a writer and as a thinker, okay, uh, people are out there now with 20 pounds, 25 pound packs. Yeah. And, um, but you just picture you wake up tomorrow morning, you wake up 25 pounds heavier. It's going to, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to feel it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that's what, you know, I started, I started off with very heavy packs. So, like, I can, I can rock, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds because also I'm in search and rescue. So we already uh -huh. have to, we have to do that, that crap anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so like these, these people with these 25 pound packs, you know, and, and these shelters, I'm just like, you know, 
Good for you. Good for you. But you know what happens after those two days that of the 25 pounds and you're screwed, you know, that's, that's, that's what happens. And like, I can't believe 75 pounds. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, uh, again, back in the day, 10 straight days of rain sometimes. 10 straight days and everything and every part of your body is, is, is wet. And uh, one way I put it, I carried, I carried a tent anytime I was out on the AT and it saved my life three times, including up on the presidential range ridge once, saved my life. And so it ran into, ran into some young people on the AT and said, they said, we sleep in garbage bags. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, case closed. You're stupid. Yeah. How was your experience uh, back in those days going up the, the whites? Because those are those are weather crazy areas. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, again, the first time through, I uh, OK, get out of here. I haven't thought about this in a long time. I, I hiked with um, Bobby Bristow, Don Hunger and Peter. Peter R. Hornby. Peter R. Hornby from Mankato, Minnesota. And uh, so. Uh, Bobby was Bobby was 16 years old and, and uh, he he was he smoked and he was a pain <laughs> in the ass. He was a whiner and he called himself the happy hiker. But uh, and he ended up being a professor at a college up in Massachusetts. And I've been trying to get in touch with him. Anyway, back to what you're saying, Dr. Don and I uh, walked uh, up uh, Lafayette, uh, uh, knocking off sections of the trail. And that, that kicked our ass. And uh, we, we were coming off of having walked the whole south and all the way up to Lafayette. And uh, we were used to 15, 18 mile days, 12, 15, 18, 20 miles a day. What they did to me is they were mind rot. You had, you had the, the physical strength, but you ran out of things to think about. Mm. And uh, uh, I used to hate the 20 mile days. And anyway, Don and I uh, ended up doing like five mile days in uh, Lafayette, Lincoln, and all that. Kinsman's, yeah. It, nice. it, 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 was, it was a wake up call for us. We thought we were invincible, but we, we weren't. Now, you uh, was that the, you said something about, uh, you mentioned before about a nine day hike on the AT. Was that with, the, with those guys? Um, yeah. With Jim, Pete, Charlie, and Don? Okay, in uh, 1978 or so, I started teaching uh, backpacking courses and uh, in adult education, and uh, I loved it. I loved it, and again, got to uh, uh, got to the the graduation hike was on the AT from Route 22 into the uh, Telephone Pioneer Shelter. It was a pretty pretty rugged hike, and uh, so that got me back out on the trail. And, and between those, uh, the uh, um, classes, we walked from mid-New Hampshire to mid-Pennsylvania. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Pete, uh, Jim, Charlie, and Don were class members. And I changed their lives because Pete ended up climbing, uh, what, seven or eight meter peaks down in South America. Iamani and things like that. Jim became a marathoner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and I'm still, uh, I'm still, in, Pete finished the trail. He was the only one out of the whole 
group of Ralph's Peak Hikers who finished the AT. Kath and I finished with my dad. Wow. Yeah. So going through like New, New Hampshire all the way down to Pennsylvania, you're almost like, like, like halfway done with it, right? Yeah, we did a big chunk of the trail, but then people started to, uh, I get Harley Davidson's, I don't know. <laughs> they, they just, Jim became a runner and uh, they, they just uh, left, the, left the show. Yeah. But it changed, it changed people's lives. Uh, I'm, I'm, Pete, Pete and I are still in touch. We uh, get together about once a week and just talk to Jim Haggett. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So you so change their lives. Yeah. So you definitely have some crazy times in the Catskills. Any hike, uh, any crazy hike that, that pop out uh, in your head instantly? Okay. Okay. I had to blurt this out. Uh, I, I taught, I taught a lot of different classes and I finally come up with a class called backpacking for barmaids. I was single at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a new one? That's going to be a new book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I can't really, uh, uh, right now, um, this is weird, but Kath and I probably would have a, a tough time in the Catskills. Yeah. We, uh, in, uh, in my latest book, my third book, I, I have a list of, uh, things I don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, uh, skydive <laughs> race motorcycles <laughs> blah 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 and and and, and i i have to i'm gonna blurt this out i don't like walking anymore hey like, mr 311 at 4000 miler i i don't like walking for example across a walmart parking lot i don't yeah. like to walk on blacktop mm. uh, in the woods i'm fine but i don't like to walk on hard surfaces and uh so uh, kind of what I'm getting around to right now, uh, if, if, if I go back to the Catskills, I would do um, Window High Peak or nice. Boston Lake because they're easy. Yep. Easy. Easy. Yeah. And but I suggest, actually, when was the last time you were, you were back in the Catskills? Uh, we, again, I said we, uh, we took the Colonel's share in, in uh, Bag Hunter. Yeah. Do you remember, you remember what day that was? Like, uh, I remember the motel was expensive and not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. No, Interesting. I, I, could look, I could look it up because, uh, what, what I've done is, um, recently, uh, uh, okay. This, this is how it be, uh, helped me become a writer, semi-famous writer with over half a million words in print is my AT journals. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and writing down all the, all the awful things that happened, uh, every day. <laughs> I go back to those journals and, and they are zippity doodah. Oh, baby. They're, uh, mud bugs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No water. Yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. Yeah. You should yeah. see the, the stuff that's, that's changed here in the Catskills. Like the herd paths are mm -hmm. dominant as heck. Um, you could easily, uh, go up Friday and balsam cap are, are, are a breeze now because you don't have to navigate anything. There's, there's her paths everywhere. Um, trying to think of what else would, would have her paths. That is, uh, North Dome and Cheryl are, pr are pretty decent bushwhacks. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Catterskill high peak is, is easy as heck. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm saying like 
seven years ago when I when I started this, there wasn't any herd paths. There was barely any herd paths. Like going up Hockett, you remember Hockett is is yeah. steep as heck, but the herd path is like a highway right now. So I I mean the differences oh. between then and now they're they're starting actually to think that they should build trails on those on those trailless peaks or at least have something like you know at the Adirondacks did of where they have the maintain herd paths. So it's yeah. crazy. Wow. Wow. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, we, when we climbed the Friday Pulse Cap, we knocked on Joe Friedel's door <laughs> and, and, and uh, we said, Joe, we're going to climb. And then he said, let me know when you're back. So we knew the Friedel family. Wow. Yeah. I got, I got in touch with him when I was uh, second vice president because uh, we were going to put property signs around private property signs around his area because there was you know like i said it, it's the stupid internet people would go to his 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 hut and take pictures there and stuff like that they wouldn't respect oh. the private property oh my god yeah what did he call that the the hut in the cloud or case in the clouds or something like that house in the clouds he was he was a cool guy i really liked him yeah 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 and again we 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 knew him and also the guy uh, when you did cheryl and north Dome, there was a farm and we used to knock on the door and, uh, and, and tell him we were going to climb. And if we could back and he'd give us uh, drinks and all that. Um, yeah. 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 I, I never knew his name. I, I might've known his name, but we call it the farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's your, uh, being in the Catskills, you know, being number one, 122, <laughs> uh, what, what was your favorite hike in the Catskills that you could remember? <sighs> It's a tough one, right? They're all they're all good. I, I think uh, I, I think a Friday and Balsam Cap because they kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, and they do. Go, going up Friday, if you took the bearing, and that and, and once I took a bearing, I, I stuck with it, uh, irregardless. Uh, that's a famous my favorite non-word. Irregardless, mm -hmm. uh, we took the bearing, and I stayed on the bearing, and we would pop out. There was the canister right there. Yes. Wow. Yes. But <laughs> they, they, they were the guys that wore the black hats. They, they were the tough guys. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are my, I, you know, Friday is one of my favorite hikes as well. I, mm -hmm. uh, I worship Friday just because number one, it has a phenomenal view. And number two, it is definitely a, a ball buster. <laughs> <It> definitely. <laughs> yeah, and, is. I, and I have to tell you this, it used to be, it, it used to be a ball buster to get, from Friday to Balsam Cap, you had to you had to go through the cripple bush, fight your way through. You had to yep. get sideways and fight your way. Now I bet there's a, a an interstate. It's well, a lot of people don't. Um, I'm guessing you went from the top of Friday to Balsam Cap along that little flat ridge, right? That kind yeah. of bowls around it. So yep. a lot of people go back down to the what they call the rim trail, which is the herd path, and then go up to Balsam Cap. So they. Climb Friday, they climb back down Friday, and then go over to Balsam Cap. <laughs> no so way! It's a, it's a it's a super highway. So when I when I I'm me and my my wife my wife is knocking off the thirty five hundred as well. So we went and did Friday, and I'm just like, we're gonna go a different way to Balsam Cap. We're gonna go just the flat way, the easy way. But it's also going to be a little bit crappy because you got to go through the trees and you got to break branches. You know, you got to yeah. get caught on things. And she was just like, so this is what it's like. I'm like, this is what it's like, but it you're lucky blood. because there's, there's, you haven't gone between balsam cap and, and Rocky, 
You haven't gone between <laughs> Cornell and the Dink. I'm just like, you don't have stuff smack in your face. And uh but she thought it was pretty pretty neat. But a lot of a lot of people, you know, um, like I said, these these places have become like super highways. Uh Rusk, for example, Rusk. I did Rusk was my first bushwhacked uh seven years ago. And there mm-hmm. was no herd path. There's very little tiny herd path. Now it's it's the, one of the easiest mountains to do because it's ah. it's so it's so short. Everybody does it. It's so short, and there's a trail. There's a herd path going up. So once again, it's crazy. I have a rust story, and and uh, this Excellent. is a good story, and and it's and it's it's an upbeat story. Uh, Kath did rust solo. Uh, it, it probably was the winter, and uh, I used to worry about her. She she would do solo climbs and she did rust solo and she met a bunch of guys in the parking lot and uh found out they were they were going rusk and she was doing rusk so she took the bearing and uh, mm-hmm. what they did is they went up the trail and they scooched around and then came over from the side and they were shocked she was up there before them shocked. or <laughs> he was up there before them at the canister. Well, they went up to uh, East Rusk and then headed over to Rusk, right? Yeah. 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 And so this bunch of guys, again, the testosterone, manly guys, and a, and a woman yeah. beat them. And, and, I, and I wrote about it in the book. Uh, this isn't a race. Nice. This is a race. And I wrote about that. Yeah. And, and okay, another story. Kath and I uh, raced Whitewater. Uh, canoes. We uh, we r- raced in New England in Class One and Two right, Whitewater. We've actually run Class Three Whitewater in Zorgap, and we raced canoes, twin uh, tandem canoes, in what was it, a master's class, over thirty or something like that. And um, we were the best in the rapids. We were the best. Nice. And uh, but we get on flat water, and the guys through brute strength would overtake us. And as soon as they saw a woman passing them, they went apeshit, and they dug in. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we t- we took lessons from uh, world champions, national champions. Uh, nice. What's their names? And and they showed us how to paddle. The whole thing is efficiently. And so we'd pass those guys. Uh, those guys would come up and try to pass us back, and we just it takes a while, and we just pull away from. Them. Nice. Yeah. 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 So before we wind anything up, you got anything else you want to chat to about these Catskill hikers and Catskill people that are listening? (laughs) Buy the book, right? Buy the book. I got it written down. I'm going to, you got to send me links to everything. Written in 2006. Ooh, nice. I got to, I got to read you on the back cover. And, uh, okay. Catskill Tales and Trails. I've had a love affair for nearly 40 years. When my wife found out about it, she encouraged me to continue it. And then she joined me. I love the Catskills. Hell yes. Love it. That is going in the show notes. Send me links to everything you have written. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, before we go, um, you remember, I, I don't know when was the last time you visited the Catskills. You got any place to suggest to get something to eat or something to drink in the Catskills? I like to include local businesses uh in here oh we we used to stop in phoenicia at the pizza place brios what's the name of it brios yeah 
yeah. That's, it, like, the, it, that's it, like the twelfth straight time someone has mentioned Brios. That's a place. That place is everybody's place. And one thing I wanted to uh, go right up front was this all happened over half a century ago. So I really had to look uh, uh, where where I ended up in the in the wrong alley because of the dog lid was spare pen. I had to look things like that up, and uh, and and you you made me think back. Uh, uh, Kathy, Ralph, and I used to uh, it was we used to stop after hike for pizza. That became nice. like a, a tradition. Yeah, and there was, yeah. A fa- there was a fancy place out further out. It was like a New York kind of place. Um, it was kind of fancy. And uh, when I did the bushwhack of Thomas Cole, there's a woman who who bushwhacked Trailed Peaks, mm-hmm. and we stopped. We stopped there, and I can look it up quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bushwhack Thomas Cole, get out of here! <laughs> I know, right? Um, that's hey, a, where. Where did you bushwhack from? Colgate Lake? Uh, from the other side. Yeah, not from, from not from maybe. Yeah, from the other the others the south side. That's actually uh, an easy, pretty nice, easy, gentle hike going up there. I remember doing that. I've done that before. Okay, it's page ten. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Okay, here's page ten. A winter bushwhack. You got to be kidding. Uh, her name was Donna Beth Stewart. You know her? Negative. Donna Beth Stewart. And uh, like, why? Okay. And uh, um, there was only three of us. And we ended up um, Loretta Charles on Route 28. Might not still be there. I haven't <laughs> heard of it. So, uh, yeah. I'll Again, check we're- it. <laughs> We're talking, this was 06 when I wrote that. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. Well, I wrote both of those down. So uh, excellent. I like to suggest local businesses and some places to eat. Cause after a hike, you want to eat as much as you can. I'll take two or three burgers and two orders of mozzarella sticks and, and uh, rum and Coke after a hike. Usually it's <laughs> okay. I, 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 one more thing I have to, I, I tell the AT through hikers. Um, uh, we used to live 400 steps in the AT and, uh, uh, what I tell them was, and, and this, this goes back to the Catskills too. Basically, a hiking trail is a dirt path. It's a dirt path in the woods. It's a freaking dirt path. And because of the, those dirt paths, my wife and I have been to 65 countries. We have seen Everest, Lhotse, Nupsi, and Ama de Blom by moonlight, by moonlight. From a Sherpa tea house. Wow. All because of those dirt paths. The the sense of adventure of walking on those dirt paths got us to Everest by moonlight. Hooked. Got you hooked. <laughs> and all yeah. thanks to, and, and and basically thanks to the cat skills, right? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, wow. it, it goes it goes back to those dirt paths. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Once again, Ralph, thanks for, for being on the show. Uh, this, this, I think we're good with the, the talking and, and the stories. Maybe if you could think of some more, we'll have you, I'll have you back on again. Definitely <laughs> write down some stories and I guarantee people would love to listen, especially people, you know, me that are 40 years old and love to hear these stories. I, I can listen to these stories all day. <laughs> oh my God. 
40. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I just one more quick thing. My, uh, yeah. My latest book, um, it was uh, six years in the writing, 86,000 words, and three years into print, in the printing. And it uh, was published in September. And uh, I have uh, read uh, people who, who have sold 98,000 books. I have sold three. So three. on my tombstone, on my tombstone, it's going to say, he wrote books that nobody read. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll and, turn some heads. They'll be like, what? Yeah. yeah. And get out of here. One, one more quick story on the, on the back cover. The author um, says, uh, Ralph and Kathy currently reside on Maryland's eastern shore with their rescue rhinoceros, Dora. Everybody, <laughs> everybody here has a rescue dog. We have a rescue rhinoceros. Interesting. She likes to be called Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Well, Sash, excellent. What what day is it? <laughs> uh, I think, to, to be honest, I think it's Wednesday. <laughs> yes, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this. Thanks, thanks for uh, uh, bringing me back and listening. Oh, dude, okay. I will do this as many times as you want. And I guarantee the people that listen to the show, if they, if I have any people listen to the show, I'm like <laughs> you, you know, like there may be probably like three or four people that listen to the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, th I thank you so much for joining me, Ralph. Um, I'd also like to thank, wow, I didn't do this. I should have done this before. I thank Yana for mentioning you. Yana yeah. mentioned yeah. you. So Yana, uh, hopefully Yana's listening. I know this is <laughs> pretty long into this, but thank you for, for, suggesting ralph because wow this is this has been mind-blowing <laughs> so once again yeah, thanks ralph yana has done done wonderful with the canister what she's done with the canister yeah there is yeah uh, i can't come up with words yep yeah. she is she has rocked it and i'm so glad uh we're friends and she's suggested this because it's insane <laughs> i love it so thanks for being on the show ralph uh have a good day. Enjoy the weather down there. It looks good up here. It's a little gloomy. <laughs> yep. I'm going to go for a bike ride. I got to get to 1600 miles. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, have a good night and uh, hopefully we'll talk later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and throw down a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check out daily updates of the podcast and my hikes and also memes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. This isn't a goodbye. This is a see you later. Hopefully. <laughs>